Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back, archivists. Yes, welcome back. How is everyone? I'm good. You good? Yeah. Uh, I wish we recorded what just <laughs> happened. The episode between us happened a minute ago. It was yeah. funny. The other intro was way better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just a little dad daughter, you know, banter, trying to offer some criticism, mm. some self improvement well, areas. As I've said before, uh, I keep telling him to record it, and no one ever, no one listens to me. So maybe we should turn that into a drinking game where whenever Steve doesn't listen to Hannah, everyone drinks. Because how many times did that happen last week? All right. What's up? What do we got for this week? It's a, it's a going to be a good one. Yeah. So we are starting kind of a series, kind of. Not really a series, but like the next five episodes are going to be connected in one specific way that I'm going to explain in a second. Five including this one? Yes. Okay. So this one and then the next four. So okay. you guys are definitely going to want to keep up and listen because it's pretty cool. Them being solved because mm. we are talking about genetic genealogy. Obviously, it would be a lot cooler if none of this stuff ever happened and we didn't have a podcast. No, <laughs> correct. Crime did not exist. And it's just going to it's also just highlighting this genetic genealogy is not slowing down at all. And at the end, you know how we've been talking about like uh, GEDmatch and the websites and the laws? Yeah. I have something interesting that I'll talk about at the end. <laughs> right, I'm cool. getting ahead of myself. All right. Okay. Oh, so see, it's not me. <laughs> well, that could turn into a drinking game also. So. <laughs> okay. In 2019, Mitch Morrissey, who is a former Denver district attorney, uh, he currently runs United Data Connect, or UDC, which is a company that just specializes in, in genetic genealogy, right? They've got a bunch of like geneticists em- employed there. They do the research. They do... They have labs and What's stuff. What's the name of the company again? United Data Connect. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Mike Mills, who is the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers board president. And Mitch asks Mike if they would be willing to fund five pilot programs around cold cases and genetic genealogy. So essentially, like, he's just going to him to ask him if they if the Crime Stoppers would fund five cases, five cold cases for them to solve using genetic genealogy. So the guy, the guy that's that is the in the private company asked that. Yes. Oh, he's looking for some business. I essentially, yeah. I think no. He's a former DA, and all of these cases are coming out of Colorado, and he's a former Denver district y- yeah, attorney. Yeah. So and he know, so he knows so, what the docket is probably. He probably yeah. knows what's on the on the books, and he he probably knows they have tons of cold cases, and he's he's like, hey, you want to you want to do this together? Yeah. Okay. Because because he that's has. Cool. He has the capacity to do genetic genealogy. Yeah, yeah, that's and cool. So as, again, essentially, also what we've learned and what I mentioned with like the John Benet Ramsey thing last mm-hmm. week is that p- these these private companies, these private people, can't really do much unless law enforcement reaches out to them, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the idea essentially was that if they publicize this, like, hey, we're gonna fund five cases, then maybe law enforcement would be uh, more tempted to reach out. You know what I mean? Because I guess they have to reach out for the help. Like these private companies just can't go in and be like, 
give me all your cases. I'll solve all of them right now. Oh, so so he's asking the DA if they would pay for. No, no, former DA currently yeah. runs UDC. Yeah, he's asking the Den- Metro Denver Crime Stoppers. Oh. Yeah, because that, they have the money. Uh, so I think what I'm saying is okay, the gotcha, idea gotcha. was that yeah, they yeah, would yeah. publicize yeah, this and be yeah. like, we're going to fund this, yeah, okay. and then the police would come forward. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So to, to prove their bona fides, essentially. Right. So Mike Mills, he is like, obviously, yes. And they commit, him and Crime Stoppers commit to $20,000 to start these five cases, right? Yeah, it sounds kind of low. It it does because remember the like the very first one we talked Col- about the one in Colorado with the CID agents was like thirty five thousand remember yeah and then yeah. there's one that hasn't even been started yet that was like they raised like almost seventy thousand yeah. or something like well a lot. you did say to start off so maybe that's right maybe that's five thousand a piece to start get going or something which by the way it's funny that you mentioned it's Darlene Krashock. um she actually is mentioned if you Google this if yeah. you literally just go to Google. It's ta- it talks about Mike uh, Mills and Mitch Morrissey and this idea that they have. They actually talk about her. She was, uh, like, I believe the very first one that was solved using genetic genealogy in Colorado. And I think that's what, like, sparked this. Yeah, he's, so this this guy, Morrissey, mm-hmm. he was uh, the first to introduce DNA evidence used in a criminal trial in Denver. Yep. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty cool. They solved, he said he solved one, his company solved one in California and Oregon also. But they do cite uh, later on in a different article. They do the Denver do Cold Case Project. Is that part of this? Which reviewed over forty two hundred unsolved uh, sexual assaults. I'm just I reading. Read about um, it. Reading his um, bio. Okay, cool. All right, go. Yeah. All right, this sounds good. I'm excited. So, the case that we were talking about today is one of the cases okay. that they they started working on, and it is Sylvia Sylvia Quale. What did I say? Quail. 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 Sylvia Quail. The way that he they found this case though real quick mitch morrissey actually reached out to detective abeta abeta Mm -hmm. uh for her case specifically because someone who worked in that the the cherry hills village police department or the sheriff's office someone who worked there or used to work there actually reached out to mitch morrissey and was like hey you should do this case Okay. And so he reached out to the detective yeah. about this case. So right, because they have to get so these are private companies, right? And mm-hmm. they have to get even even Crime Stoppers, right? Or yeah. They have to get the cases. So it sounds like, and this is important because listeners have to know that th- this isn't just something that is cheap and easy, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like these two Crime Stoppers and and United collaborated. Now they're reaching out to the police departments to get five cases, right? And say we got it covered. Right, or that I think they're publicizing it yeah, yeah, so okay. people can reach out to gotcha, them because that's gotcha. the thing. So someone had reached out to him and was like, "You now should I get specifically look at her." Twenty five thousand up front, you know. Twenty thousand, yeah. Twenty thousand, yeah. They're okay. Yeah, I feel like that again. That was like to publicize it and be like, "We're yeah. willing to put this down right away." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, that's cool. So Sylvia Quayle was thirty four years old at the time of her murder in nineteen eighty one. A little back history of of her some a little bit about her yeah. i had actually gotten this from the press release mm-hmm. um when her murder was finally solved so i have a link to that that you guys can go uh watch it's like 36 minutes long but she had graduated from inglewood high school and i think i mentioned this so she was actually living in cherry hills village colorado so the story is taking mm-hmm. place in cherry hills village colorado uh, she's described as being ambitious, lively, 
and lit up a room. She was a history buff who enjoyed researching her uncle's work, who was an architect. His name was Wesley Quayle, which oh, I thought was that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. I figured you would like that. Yeah, that's neat. I like that. She had a small business called The Buttery, which specialized in wedding cakes. She's got a lot of interest. She had a yeah, lot of interest. Cool. She had a wonderful relationship with her parents. Uh, she would have coffee with them every single day. She also worked at an architect firm, too. Yeah. So she definitely had an interest in architecture. So architects. it sounds like architectural history and then cakes on, you know, making Yeah, cakes. wedding cakes. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That was t- they're two very different, like, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, opposites. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out which one is on the side business. <laughs> but I guess, I guess you n- kind of need, like, architectural yeah, yeah, for yeah. cake, you know, yeah, b- no, building stuff, I guess. Sense, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So on August 4th, 1981, she is actually found in her home by her father right before 8 p.m., uh, she had been strangled, stabbed multiple times in the chest, and shot in the head, and sexually assaulted. Um, so he actually found her. She was naked on her living room floor. More than 40 years ago. So this yeah. is her. Walk me through that again. I want to take some notes. So she's in her home. Her home. Yeah. And her parents lived, like, right down the street from her. So she How lived, old is she again? She was 34 years old 34. at this time in 1981. Yep. And dad walks in. Yeah, so let me let me paint the scene. So she lived on the 3800 3, block of S Ogden Street in Cherry Hills Village. Mm-hmm. So the night before on August 3rd around 11 p.m., she talked to her sister on the phone and that was the last time she had been heard from. And then just before 8 a.m. on August 4th, her father walks in and finds her in her on her living room floor. And she was unresponsive, obviously. Yeah, she had been strangled, stabbed multiple times in the chest, shot in the head, and uh, sexually assaulted. Her hands were covered in blood. She had broken fingernails and red marks on her neck that they said were consistent with fingers. So I guess that's how they could tell that she had been strangled. So she was shot and strangled? Yes. Uh, Now, the cause of death is blood loss due to the stabbing. However, gunshot wound is... To the head is listed as secondary cause of death. I'd never, I'd never heard of a secondary. Y- yeah. So the cause, of, you know, the the stabbing and the yeah, the the remember how this goes? She mm-hmm. she bl- bled out and and died because of loss of blood. Yeah. You know, that's the 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 illness. The, but the thing that caused the illness was the stabbing and the gunshot. Yep. Ridiculously so, sad. Her father found um, her like this. I'm wondering if. She was like really dead first, and then then the bad guy shot her. But this is whatever it is. It sounds like definite yeah. overkill. So that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because it looks like she was strangled, stabbed, and shot. What does that probably tell you about stabbed uh, multiple times in the chest, yeah. and then also sexually assaulted? For one, a couple things going on in my mind right off the bat. This is like very personal, passionate. Like th- this this person is a wackadoodle. Mm-hmm. But also, maybe she was fighting. Sounds like she was probably fighting back. Yeah, with the uh, b- hands covered in blood, broken fingernails, and yeah. Yeah, she was fighting, fighting back, big time, fighting back, and then strang- trying to strangle. Ended up stabbing, then shot her. I bet. Yeah. It's f- oh, maybe he shot her first. It's maybe not. Yeah, first. it's not. Yeah, specific. no, no. I'm just trying to. Uh, you know, you have to be at the scene to piece that all together. But that's this is very violent, very, very violent. Very, this is very. Rage filled. Yeah, and then for her father to come in yeah, and find her. Oh my god, that's terrible. Okay, awful. Yeah. All right. So what happened? What do the police do right away then? So obviously they immediately come and start t- 
taking evidence. Yeah, collecting, collecting evidence, right. So they removed a section of rug from her home. And I'm going to skip a little ahead because I have this right here and I don't want to forget it. In 1983, they actually sent that to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. In 1995, a DNA profile of a suspect was developed. No, sorry. I have this backwards. They sent the rug to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation in 1995. And then in 2000, the DNA profile was developed. Okay. okay. Let's go back. Just collect the evidence. Just collect the evidence <laughs> okay. for now. I we'll get there. I didn't want to forget about that. Yeah, no. We'll just. The way I type my notes sometimes. Yeah, is no, for I got me. it. Just. Okay. I got that. I wrote that down. Just collect okay. the evidence. So, a section of rug from her home. Mm hmm. Uh, they noticed that her the phone line to her home had been cut. Jeez. The screen to the bathroom window was removed and found 75 feet away from the home in some weeds, obviously hidden. Small pry marks on the bottom of the wooden window frame. Um, and then items from the bathroom were outside below the window, which I thought was weird. I don't know why he would have done that. Maybe they were, uh, like, in the window, and he had to just grab them and move them out of the way, you know? True. It's that's true. Okay. okay. What, what else? So that's all the evidence and what they yeah, noticed. Yeah, it's definitely sounding like, so took the screen off. Might have even taken the screen off a couple of days before, and went and stashed it, <laughs> hit that's it. That's creepy. And then pry marks in there. That's forced entry. This guy, this was a predator. I, I'm feeling like he was targeting her. We're probably going to find that out. Okay. Or, well, we're assuming it's a he. It was a sex assault in 1981. So. It is a he. Yeah. I will give you that. So that's really where it just goes from there. You okay. don't really, this is, again, 1981. Okay. They got some good evidence, though. They got, Yeah, you know, this, is, this is a lot. So <laughs> here's. I think this is the most that we've right. talked about in a while. You. You got? Did they find a tool to use or just pry marks? So just pry marks, small pry marks. On the so bottom of that's the, the thing. They have pry marks, so they if they search vehicles or persons or homes or something, they can match that up. Uh, they probably no fingerprints. They said no fingerprints for any of this stuff. Um, Not that it's said, but but there's definitely blood and DNA. Yep, for sure. Yep. So again, like I said, 1983, they sent send the rug to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. And when? 1983. So 1983? Just two, yep. So just two years okay. later. And then in 1995, uh, the DNA profile of the suspect is, I'm sorry, backwards. They sent it to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation in 1995. And then in 2000 is when the DNA profile is developed. I tried to correct developed. you. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My notes okay. are messed up. So it goes cold until 1995? Yeah. And again, I... It's still okay. cold, though. They don't really get no, anything no, out right. of it. No, no, right, but it's it's cold, cold. They yep. don't even have a suspect in 1981, right? Kind of. I'm going to get to that in a second. How? You're already at 1995, <laughs> Hannah. I know, because don't it's not... Go chronological at this point. Okay, in 1983... What what else happened in 1981 during Nothing the investigation? Nothing else in 1981. Did they have any, any suspect? No. Did they interview anybody? They had no, no leads. They, I mean, it, they didn't, it didn't say, no. Okay. No. What is next? <laughs> what is next... <laughs> In, in the time frame, what comes next? Okay, in 1983, we were talking about the DNA evidence, that's why. Yeah, in 1983, what happened? In 1983, an Otis <laughs> Elwood tool actually confesses to killing her and was name charged. sounds familiar. You want to know why he sounds familiar? I'm going to get there in a second. Okay, all right. Because he's friends with Henry Lee Lucas. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> and he also has a reputation of confessing to a lot of murders like his friend. Okay. So he confesses to this murder in yep. 1983. 1983. Yep. 1993. I knew you wanted to get to 1983. You kept saying it. <laughs> okay. All right. My, it's, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so 
he confessed to a lot of other murders too and most of those charges were dropped and 1993 after the dna uh, is testing is done yeah 93 after that testing is done the charges are dropped against him because it wasn't his dna right it doesn't match so what happened during them 10 years was he in jail okay i think so all right because they charged him Okay, so they charge him and so. lawyers, appeals, all this kind of junk, evidence, um, challenging the evidence it, and everything. The part about him wasn't super, super important, so it didn't say much other than this little Yeah, okay, no, I, I get it, I get it. I'm just trying, we're trying, to, charged and then we're trying to peel back the onion for yeah. our listeners, all right? Yeah. Okay, all right, good. But he wasn't like that big of a part, so that's why I was, like, 1993, skipping. where did they get the profile? From, from the rug? From, yes. From the rug? That's interesting. Uh, what I don't know, so what did they cut the rug up for? Was it blood or was it semen or was it st- just stains? And they just. They weren't specific. Now, jumping ahead again, the guy is being charged. Okay. There has been an arrest in this murder. So. Okay. It is an ongoing investigation. So a lot of the people that are involved won't really yeah, say so a lot hush, of stuff. Hush, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, okay, we'll just keep going. All right. So they. 1993, they released him, dropped the charges. They say, we have a, a male DNA profile. Yep, and then that's it. It goes cold again. All right, and th- obviously they run it. Remember, CODIS was like late 90s, Yep, right? what, like, like 1999 we, yeah. we figured out? Right, so so not quite there, there yet where you can just run run DNA through. And we're going to skip yeah. ahead again, but remember last oh time God, yeah. <laughs> we talked about something about how they yeah. would re- we're going to get there cuz this this okay. was interesting to me. This kind of tied back in all of our previous conversations. Okay, so it goes cold 1993. Yep. So we're going to skip ahead to May 2020. Obviously, we are in this age of genetic genealogy right. since 2018. Again, it cites the Golden State Killer. Yeah, 2 years after the Golden State Killer. Yep. So May of 2020, United Data Connect provided Cherry Hills Village Police Department with a lead they had gotten from the DNA profile being uploaded to GEDmatch and Family Tree DNA. Yep, we've done that one before. I don't remember yeah, that we one. Did. It was one. I can't. I, I don't. Okay. Well, I went to their website. Yeah. And can I tell you the interesting thing about it now? Yeah. Yeah. So where is it? No, I mentioned it in the the laws. Oh, you did? Yeah. What was so well, we talked about the laws. Okay, so do you know if you currently go to their familytreedna.com, this is what it says about their privacy, okay? What? Your privacy and I'm quoting, your privacy is utmo- of uh, utmost importance to us. Therefore, you choose how your genetic information is used and shared with others. We use industry standard security practices to store your DNA sample. Your DNA test results and other personal data that you provide to us additionally we store DNA test results and samples without names or common identifying information. Right. Furthermore, we do not share your name or other common identifying information leaked to your genetic data with third parties, except as legally required to comply with a valid subpoena or court order or with your explicit consent. So if you go to their website, it's not like it doesn't say anything about law enforcement. And that's kind of contradicting okay. because we, we know there's only two states that have laws requiring a subpoena or like a, a warrant or whatever. So they're essentially saying that's the company saying that saying, give me a subpoena. That's all they're saying. So you think that the law enforcement in Colorado went and got a subpoena, even though they technically don't need uh, to, why would, why not just let's use get, let's walk through this? I don't know. Uh, like uh, let's, I thought, I just thought that was interesting. Cause I'm like, that's, that's kind of, they went to two companies, right? Yeah. But why then? If maybe you need a subpoena the first for one, this one, maybe the first one said subpoena us and then they went to Jed match. That's interesting. I feel like they should know that about this company, though. 
I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. But what about United Data? I thought they were the ones that, that oh, they're not a lab. No. They're a genealogy. No, yeah, uh, yeah, I got yeah. you guys. So they went to the lab. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That's, yeah. All right. I just thought it was interesting and kind of contradictory that they had nothing on there about law enforcement. Like if law enforcement, even if <sighs> it was like a tiny, tiny yeah, okay. blurp thing. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting. So they get the lead, right? Uh-huh. January 17th of 2021. So about a year later, a United Data Connect investigator goes out to Kozad, Nebraska to secretly collect DNA. Never heard of that place. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a small, so small, 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 small. So town. it's an investigator from the private company. Okay. Yeah, which right. I also thought was interesting. Yeah, because you don't necessarily need a warrant. Because they went out to quotation marks secretly collect DNA. Yeah, but is that wa- okay to word it yeah, like that? Yeah, warrants only apply to government. Hmm. Yeah, it's a private, private investigative company, so to speak. All right. So they go out. What do they do? So they get two trash bags that were abandoned. They they say that word. So they have a the name, community. right? They have a name yep. and they're going out to do this. Okay. Yep. So they go to the apartment complex. It's a community dumpster. And they grab two trash bags. Fifteen items were collected for testing. Uh, what was actually sent in for testing was a vanilla Coke, a great value water bottle, a Michelob Ultra bottle, and spiced rum. All very interesting. They got it from where? The trash bags. Just random trash bags? No, they. it was two trash bags. They had, like, watched him throw them away. Okay. And then there was also personal items. You missed items. that part. That's kind of important, I'm Hannah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there was personal items in the trash bag, too, that said his that name. said his so name. They, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. But they watched I, him, so they surveilled it. Okay. They said that they took 15 items out, so I'm assu- they probably mm. took those, too. Yeah. The things, yeah. Now, January 29th. Like a, probably like a bill with the address and a name yeah, on yeah, it or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's on January 17th. So January 29th of I'll 2021. i tell you right now, if they didn't see him dump that can, this is going to be tough in court, but that's okay. Yeah. All right. Lab results match DNA from the vanilla Coke to multiple pieces of evidence from the crime scene. Okay. Not from the crime. So oh, from the crime scene. From yeah, the yeah, crime yeah, scene, yeah. yeah, from 1981. All right. And then David Anderson is arrested on February 10th, 2021, near Kozad, Nebraska, which is a small, small, small town. So he is being charged with two counts of first-degree murder. The first on being that Sylvia was murdered after deliberation, which I guess is intent, right? Like he thought about it? Yeah. And then the second saying that she was killed in the commission of a felony. So I'm assuming... Robbery, burglary, whatever. Sexual assault. Sexual assault, yep. Now, what is interesting... Because he broke into the house. We're pretty sure right. about that. You're right, right, right. What's interesting is they are charging him with first-degree murder as it stood in 1981. Meaning that in 1981, the law was that first-degree murder was a possibility. It was life with a possibility of parole after 20 years. Yeah. Currently in 2022, in that in um, Cherry Hills Village, it's just life without parole. That's the way it goes. So they're charging him as it stood in... Tw- in but that's mm-hmm. it. But he's, it's been like 40 years he's been living. Right, but he committed chilling. the crime then. That's interesting. So he's subject to the... I get it, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still like okay, so seems annoying. United Data collects this evidence, and they and we're assuming because you didn't say that they go to the police department and say, "Here, here's what we have on this," and that would be we talked about this before in a previous ca- uh, case. The lead, yes, very good. That'd be the lead. the 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 Data United would be like the confidential informant, right? Right. The informant, the lead. 
And they're allowed to do that because you're not, they, it's a private company. They're not bound by, believe it or not, they're not bound by the constitutional restrictions for warrants. Yes. And now I will say, I, I, did, I re- he said this in the other case. Now I've already done research for the other you know, cases yeah, yeah, that we're yeah, going to be talking yeah, yep, about. Yep. And we're going to still be dealing with Mitch and, and Mike. And I believe it is Mitch that he actually says in the ne- next week's case, he actually says like he wants to make it clear that these are leads and yeah, that yeah, they yep, still have to yep. do all they of the work. So he, he does tell them that. He it, tells everyone that. But it's the same. That's also the same as if the police department went to the lab and the genealogist uh-huh. to get it too. It would still be a lead. The difference is the source of the information, right? Yep. The source of the information could be the police department in their investigative lead or it could be the company, which would be like an informant. Right. That's the best way for me to explain it to you. But yeah, but it's all for a lead, right? Yeah, we've talked about this extensively. Now they have to go. Yeah. They have to go pull up background and all that kind of stuff. How, let me ask you. Let me back up. How long between when they got the evidence and went to the police, and then he? Then he got arrested. What, what's so, that, that time frame in there? What did I say? January 29th is when the DNA lab, uh, the lab results match it. And that's 2021. And then he's arrested February 10th. So what's that like 12 days? But they started this process in May of 2020. So they it's been like a year that, that they, they identified this. him. No, that they started the genetic genealogy and trying to find him and then going to his right. Place. When, so they the time they identified him was the 29th? 29th of 2021, That's yes. when they collected the evidence and then ran it through uh, their lab. No, they collected the evidence on the 17th of January. The lab uh, results matched the DNA on January Oh, uh, You know what, though? I forgot. You're right. A year ago, they already had his name because they had the profile. A year ago from right now, yes. What are you talking about? No, so they went to get evidence at his house, right? How long went by between when they identified him as the match? Remember? Oh. United Data came up with a... With, with a that was May 2020. I'm sorry. Yes, May 2020. May 2020? Yes, May 2020. And then January... Okay, so... So, like, a year. Okay, and the reason why that's important for our listeners, because 12 days is not enough to do a background, right? So, right. So, they've spent almost a year... Looking into this guy and doing background, they probably communicate with the police already. You know, the police probably know that that he had lived in the same area yeah, too. The police as prob- her. probably already know that that United Data is is working this, so they're probably doing their background investigation. They're they're cl- you know they're they're matching up the pieces. He lived in the area where she was killed, all that kind of stuff. And he had quite a history, a criminal history. Oh yeah, he had actually that. he had actually been arrested. He had previous arrest in 1989. Yeah, was his last his last arrest in Colorado for what? It, it that that is oh, unknown. Okay. 1981, though, he was actually arrested two months after her murder for two different times for burglary. Oh, burglary! That's nice. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. He was sentenced to three years in state prison. He has more burglary charges, probation violation, trespassing, and escape charges. Basically, every county he moved to, he was arrested until he moved to Nebraska. Okay. Because then, from 1989 or whenever he moved to Nebraska, there there was nothing. But okay. he did have a pretty so good they criminal were- history. May, eight, nine months they worked on putting that profile together. Yep. So now they got the they got the evidence. Say that's definitely him, and they go and make the arrest. They're pretty confident. Okay, cool. Yep. 
That's, I mean, that's basically it. We're just waiting right now. He has to be extradited back to Colorado for trial. Colorado. So like I said, because right now he's still in Nebraska. Yep. So he still has to be extradited. Now, the press conference that I mentioned, the arresting or the investigator in Nebraska was actually came to Colorado for this. So he was yep. talking to. Um, and they, they all said, like, you know, the reporters, the media were asking questions. Like one guy asked what the motive was. And they're all being pretty tight lipped about it. So about most of the information as it pertains, because he still has to be extradited and tried. So did what did you say he waived his? Um, it says that he waived extradition. Yeah, his because he he said, "Yeah, go ahead and extradite me. That's no big deal." You know, he probably so, want he want he'd rather be tried yeah. in in. Um, Especially if they're gonna give him the twenty life with at twenty yeah. years. He'd rather be tried where Colorado. 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 Yeah. yeah. So I'm interested to see if he's going to plead guilty or not. Gu- I'm interested to see. They said it's also unclear if he has an attorney or not yet. Oh, so okay. All right. So that's good. This they, will be one they, to follow again. All right. So most of our genetic genealogy ones are ones to yeah. follow. So the police, let's just kind of recap. So we understand the difference between this and our other genealogy. The police respond they collect good evidence, real good evidence. Looks like a burglary turned into a rape, turned into a, a murder. A very, very violent violent crime scene. Unfortunately, also, her parents are not alive. So and her father did not get to see the oh resolution. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And in 1980, that was in 1981, then 1983, someone confessed. Tool. Tool confessed. And then 10 years later, they dug up a DNA profile because of the piece of rug they sent in, mm-hmm. and they cleared that guy. And then it wasn't until from the 90s, mid-90s to 2020, they're able to get a profile. How, what's different? Now, again, like I said, though, this whole conversation between Mitch and Mike mm-hmm. happened in 2019. Okay, right. So, so, so this is all part of a... This has been ongoing since right. 2019, really. This is... All part of a, a joint collaboration between Crime Stoppers and Two United private Data. private companies, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and um, they said, "Hey, you want to you want to collaborate on f- they, the five five cases?" And then they decide to pick five cases. This was the first one. No, this was not the first one. This was just the first one that I. Oh, that you chose. Okay. Yeah. I, the one that we talk about next week is actually the first one. Oh, oh okay, okay. It's yeah. just one of them. This right, is just right. the first one that came so, up. So here, and and that again, I just a reminder: the difference is this: this private company did all the work, and then said, "Here you go, police department." Essentially, Ver- yeah. versus versus the police department saying, "We have absolutely nowhere to go, and we have a DNA profile. Can we reach out to the lab?" Or we don't have a DNA profile. We have more DNA. Can we reach out to the lab and see if we can get some some sort of uh, help with this and then genealogy support on it which yeah. goes back to what i've always said remember i'm like i don't understand why like like genetic genealogy places don't just reach out or why like not every single police is reaching out but again this is expensive yeah. and it's also a lengthy process he talks mm-hmm. about that was it mitch morrissey talks about that in next week's press conference mm-hmm. about how it's a it's a lengthy process and it takes a while again actually here's a good point so i think the lab work costs a lot of money. It seems mm-hmm. like the lab work was already done in this case. So what United Data was working on is is 
sort of the rest of it, you know, the genealogy, the the putting it in GEDmatch and family yeah. tree DNA. And you know, remember what I said, I was going to jump ahead. Yeah. So he had a pretty lengthy arrest history. Yeah. But didn't quite make it to CODIS. So yeah. it's he like just missed out on that. Yeah. Remember we talked about how like mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, if they went through everyone and put them in that was in prison. Yeah. And he like just missed it. Yeah, probably. You're right. Because they, yeah. they put the DNA mm. through CODIS. And again, like you mentioned, our last before, case was like that, wasn't it? One of our last couple of cases. That's what, yeah, that's what we yeah. talked about yeah, yeah, when yeah. like yeah. he was still. But he was still in prison yeah. so that he was able to get his DNA in. All right. Another one. That's, or that he wasn't. Another one that's pending trial. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's OK. We'll we'll do the Instagram stuff and do updates as it comes up, you know? Yeah. He, I mean, he was arrested almost a year ago and it still says that he's waiting extradition. Mm. So well, he's probably, the lawyers are going back and forth and fighting that, you know? Yeah. He probably doesn't want to get convicted in the place that he was living and everybody thinks he's wonderful. I, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe you'd rather get, conv- yeah, maybe you'd rather. It's a small town of where he was current, where he was arrested from. Yeah. Is, where is it? 3,300 people. Oh, so that's yeah. interesting. We we should try to watch that and see if anything comes out of that. But it, well, it's a yeah. year. Well, it's a COVID year, so yeah. That's the other. Are, yeah, that's the other super unfortunate thing right now. It, it's a weird time because genetic genealogy is at its height. Yeah. So we're solving a lot of cases, mm-hmm. but like COVID has really hindered them being tried. Yeah. And it's so it's just like a a really unfortunate situation, mm-hmm. but fortunate at the same time yeah it's like okay weird. cool so this is the first episode well, of five the, the episodes are going to be different yeah but it's the first of five that united data and the crime denver stop crime denver crime stoppers denver. collaborated on so yep I just thought it would be kind of cool to talk about it since it's genetic genealogy bringing highlight to it again that's kind of turned into it's what we've turned in our podcast into <laughs> is talking about genetic genealogy. Yeah, Denver that's Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit. It's a it, yeah, it's a nonprofit. So they must get donations and stuff. Uh-huh. So twenty thousand is a lot for them. So that's that's pretty awesome. Are you on the website? Is yeah. there a place to like donate and stuff? But Report they don't have of crime anonymously. It. Yeah, no, this. They don't have anything for um, donations. I wonder how they make their money then. Let me see here. Hang on. For them Report to be. Crime, open a case. Open case. Oh, open cases about us. Community resources. Donate. Yeah, right here. Donate. Donate. Okay, so I I will yeah. put that on the Instagram stories yeah. and or in our post or Twitter. I'll put that somewhere so you guys. And you can, can actually. It looks like donate to a certain case too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Let's see what open cases are. Special reward cases? Oh, there are cases, uh, unsolved cases. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of unsolved cases in here. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's a ton of unsolved cases. Well, it's crime cases. stoppers, right? So, yeah, across okay, the board. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I like, yeah, I so like we'll this one. Like, so maybe this is part of the future future of law enforcement and, and cold cases, too, is, well, actually, it's probably a good way to get away from... Um, to get away from those laws that are starting to pop up, these private companies start doing mm-hmm. this kind of stuff, you know. But then again, you can't. Yeah, you have to have some money to take the initiative, right? Because once the police go to them and say, "Hey, can you help us with this case?" Okay, now what are the what are the rules say? Yeah, you know, if you recall, you have to have exhausted all leads. 
everything's been through CODIS, negative findings, and you have just nowhere else to go, and you have a DNA profile. So, right. so let's let's reach out to the lab and see if they can help us. You know, that's sort of sort of the future, and now we have this proactive. Yes. So, uh, what I will also be interested to see is. Do you think Colorado will be the next place to make a law? Uh, because now they are now they're they're stepping into the private companies and they're 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 publicizing this five pilot program ca- cold cases. So that'll be interesting to see if Colorado is the next place to create a law. Yep. Okay, well that is it for this week. Do you have anything else? No, I'm good. That that's good. I'm excited to follow these cases. Yeah, and we'll follow the outcome of this case too. All right, awesome. So, if you guys are enjoying listening to us, we'd love for you to go on Apple Podcasts and give us a rate and review. You can also go to Anchor and give us a review too, wherever you listen. I think Spotify mm-hmm. also does reviews now. Yeah, yeah. So, just leave us some comments. You can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. We're on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. And we're on TikTok now at True Crime Archives Pod. So it's all basically the same. All basically the same. <laughs> Just join us there and give Hannah some feedback. Yep. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can probably tell that I'm the one that does the social media. Dad is on it sometimes. <laughs> all right. Um, and then make sure you guys tune in next week and the week after uh, for the next few cases that is connected to these private companies. All right. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye. Bye.